everybody, this is a special Memorial Day version of the Vice Jane and Jim Weiswich podcast. Thank you for joining us on this Memorial Day. We're taking this time to remember those people who have given their lives for our country over many, many wars, many decades. Jane, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Do you want to call Ron Winter right now? You've read his books. Ron Winter is a Vietnam veteran, served a number of missions, and he's also a best-selling author. Hello. Ron. It's, Jim. It's Jim and Jane Weisvich. How are you doing? Good, thanks, Ron. We're live right now on the Internet. Well, let me ask you a question, because I just noticed that Jane has a new last name. Go ahead. Well, yeah, we're married. How about that? I happens? didn't know that. Let me, let me pass on my congratulations to the both of you. Thank you very much. Being, uh, being out of state, you miss these things, I guess. I guess. Well, you're... I don't think it was widely announced. Ron, you're in North Carolina, you said, right? Yeah, I am, yes. You, you bailed out. You pulled the ripcord. Well, I've been trying to pull the ripcord for several years. Um, you know, I'm in my 70s now, Jim, and, and uh, supposedly, you know, I was going to retire sometime. And uh, you can't retire uh, in Connecticut, as far as I'm concerned, unless you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth or have one heck of a really good investment portfolio paying you. But, uh, you know, the taxes kept going up and uh, they kept taxing more and more things and prices kept going up. And, you know, I was just I was just uh, looking here that uh, you were talking with my old friend Keith Banoff the other day about uh, municipalities looking for more money <laughs> and and that just that 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 old time issue of mine is you don't need more money. You need far better control over your spending. Less taxes. That's for sure. You need so, to but yeah, it, uh, it 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 just was really beginning to uh, go beyond annoying me. I felt like, you know, every day, every week, every month I was taking my snow shovel and shoveling cash into the, the government maw as opposed to shoveling the snow off my driveway. And um, I have a couple nephews over in Southington uh, run Ron. Precision Realty over there. Hi. And uh, Ron, this? hang on one second. Don't go away. Who is this? Okay. We got another caller on the line calling in. Go ahead, caller. Hi, Jim. This is Lisa Philippon. Lisa, thank in. you so much for calling in. Uh, joining Hi. us right now, Ron, is Lisa Philippon. She lost her son in Iraq. Lance Corporal Lawrence Philpon. My condolences, Lisa. Thank you very, very much. Ron served in you Vietnam. Are. Ron, oh. you were in the Army or the Marines? Marines. In Marines. Uh, Welcome to the family. Go ahead, Lisa, you go ahead. Oh, I just want to thank you, Jim, and all of um, your listeners out there who are so supportive of um, the Gold Star families and who reach out and remind us that our loved ones are not forgotten. Um, Jim, you have just always been such a great supporter, and Ray and I are forever grateful for um, you always reminding others about Larry. And when you remind them about Larry, you remind them about all of them. You remind them about Felix and um, just all of our Gold Star families and their sweet, sweet loved ones that, didn't get to come home so we thank you with all of our hearts and especially on this weekend um we take each of you with us when we go to visit our our loved ones graves 
and as we go through this weekend, thank you. Lisa, I never told you this, but my dad was not only in the Navy, he was in the Marines, too. When he first, <laughs> when he first joined, as you know, the Marines are part of the U.S. Navy. Whereas, yes, they are. <laughs> my dad used to say, we're the Marine taxi. We're the taxis for the Marine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, anyway. would, you, would you like to hear a response to that, Jim, just yeah. very briefly? Sure, go ahead, Ron. <laughs> okay, yeah, they always used to tell us, you know, you're... You're you're part of the department of the Navy, and we tell them right back, yeah, the men's department. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, he was a medic. He was uh, he was a corpsman, mm. as my dad used to say. That Navy cross was on his that Red Cross on his helmet was supposed to mean you don't shoot them. Instead, it went he, yeah. he was a target. You know that, Ron? Oh, absolutely, beach. absolutely. And my stepfather was a Marine, too, so I have a lot of Marines in my family. Mm-hmm. My stepfather was a Marine pilot. You'll love this story. I think it's a great story. He was a Marine pilot just as a teenager, Lisa. They sent him, oh. to, they sent him to Iwo Jima, and he, they, he was on a board a ship, and they landed him on the beach. They took him up to the runway, which he said was made of gravel, and there was a plane there, and he looked at it, and he told the sergeant, he said, Sergeant, I don't know how to fly this plane. I've never seen it before. And the sergeant said, "That's Sir, that's why we brought this manual for you to read tonight. You won't have to fly it until tomorrow morning. Oh, my goodness. That was on oh Okinawa. Yeah. I'm in the old gym. I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, on that plane, there were rockets on. And he said, mm-hmm. I ne- he'd never fired a rocket before. And he said, what do I do? How do I, how do I, what am I supposed to do? And they wanted him to fire it into the rock. Dislodged the Japanese. The first time he said, I pressed the red button and fired a rocket. He said, My plane went flying through the air. And he said, As far as I know, that rocket is still flying somewhere over Iwo Jima. <laughs> oh, wow. That's well, what it takes to be a Marine, Lisa. Absolutely. And um, we just, I just want to um, say this as well that as we go through this Memorial Day weekend, we do remember the fallen, and that's what this weekend is all about. But we must never forget those who were with them when they fell. They bring them home with them, and they remember them always. And um, so we offer our gratitude and thanks for those who were with our sons and daughters. Lisa, if you don't mind, I know it's very hard on you, and I probably shouldn't ask you. You can decline if you want. Would you mind telling my audience how you were informed of Larry's death, the day, what happened that day. Can you recount that story? Recount it. Yes. Yes. Um, it was Mother's Day, and it was mine and Ray's 24th wedding anniversary. It was May 8th, and um, we just wanted to get that day over with. For some reason, it just didn't feel right to be celebrating Mother's Day, knowing that other mothers across this land were in deep sorrow over losing their sons or daughters in these two wars. And so um, it was the end of the day and we were take, I took my little dog out for his business at the end of the day and a, a van was slowly approaching our house. And I just said, keep on going, keep on going. And um, it did pass by. And then when it got down to the corner I saw the streetlight shining through. I saw the shapes of their hats and they turned around and came back to our house. And Captain Brian Latendre 
was the casualty officer along with um, Gunny Palmer, and they walked that walk to our door to inform us that Larry had been killed at 5.30 that morning. Um, a year later, almost a year later, on May 3rd of 2006, Captain Brian Latendre was also killed in Iraq. And so he became part of our family that day that he came to our door. And he continues to be a part of our family as we will never forget him. It's just, I mean, it's, I can't tell in your voice, it's still traumatic to remember mm. that day. Yes, it, it, it is. It is. It's a, it's a trauma, and you don't forget trauma. It, it's always with you. It rides on the surface. Well, you kept but praying that the uh, honor guard would just keep moving, but instead they did turn around. They went back to the house. Yes, yes. So you knew the so, minute they turned around, something was wrong. Mm-hmm, yes. So they, um, you know, we, it's by the grace of God that we are where we are today. He has surrounded us with his promised comfort with individuals such as yourself and other individuals, appreciative American citizens and servicemen and women and Larry's brothers in arms. And we have been blessed beyond measure. And so I just wanted to call in and say I'm, thank you. I'm Jim. glad you did, Lisa. And uh, Larry also, Ron, get this, Larry was also part of the honor guard at Ron Reagan, Reagan's funeral. Yes. That's yes. impressive. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Ron, right. you, God bless you all. Ron, uh, Lisa, thank you for joining us. I'm going to go back to Ron if I can right now. Okay. God bless you. You'll be in our prayers. Thank you. Say hello to Say hello to your husband for me. I will. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's the U.S. Marine Band. If you're in the Marines or if you're in the Navy, you recognize that as the Navy hymn. Eternal Father. Eternal Father, yes. Yeah. It was played at my father's funeral, and it was also it was played at John F. Kennedy's funeral, and played at the funeral of every, every Marine who's interned, the internment of every Marine as well. You know, Jim, every time we lost people up in Quang Tree in Vietnam, um, we were out of the out of the loop, I guess you'd have to say, of the the rear bases. Uh, Quang Tree was very, very close to the DMZ. It was the northernmost helicopter base, uh, permanent helicopter base. But uh, every time we lost people, uh, the members of the Marine Band down in Da Nang would make the effort to come up there for the memorial service, and they played Eternal Father every time. It's such a great hymn. Always, always. It is a great hymn. And it is yeah, played at the passing of every naval officer and every sailor and every Marine as well. And thank you. You for know, Jim, there's, there's, there's an interesting um, discussion, I guess you might call it, that's been going on. Uh, actually, it's been going on for a long time, and I've seen it, you know, in the papers and all. But it's it's on online a lot now. And there's some people saying, well, you shouldn't celebrate Memorial Day because Memorial Day is the day to remember the dead. And uh, 
there's others that are coming back and saying, well, I am remembering the dead, but I'm also acting in a way that they would approve of. Um, you know, we lost two dozen people in our, in our helicopter squadron that were killed in action. And then dozens and dozens more that were, that were wounded. And we've lost a lot since in the years since. Um, and, and, and frankly, uh, I just, my thought on it is I, I, I think as long as people take the time to remember what Memorial Day is actually about, which is honoring the dead, people who gave their lives for their country, people who gave their lives in the service of the country. Um, you know, it's entirely appropriate to go about your life in, in a, in a somewhat lighter way. But as long as you pass on to your children, grandchildren, anybody in your in your circle of acquaintances why we do this why there is a memorial day at least take the time to acknowledge that and and, and to honor that uh, i don't think we have to wear sackcloth and ashes um it's a lot harder when it's personal of course um but i think it's important that we that we pass on why this day exists and and let people know there is a reason for this, and it's not a simple or an easy reason. It means somebody gave up the entire rest of their life so that you could have this weekend. And I think with uh, so much that's going on in this country right now, that is so, in my opinion, incredibly frivolous and nonsensical, and people getting their feelings hurt over the most ridiculous things, and turning them into big issues that we have to go out in the streets and, and make a deal about or try to ruin somebody because you didn't say the right pronoun or some nonsense like that. And we're talking out here, and when you deal in a veterans community, you're dealing with people who have who have dealt themselves with real life and death issues. And this, if you want to remember something on Memorial Day, maybe get your head into that for a little bit, that we're thinking about people who gave up the entire rest of their lives so that you could live in a country that's free. Well, yeah. maybe we should start a special class um, educating children about this uh, instead of educating them about something that is made up completely. Um, I don't well, I agree know, with you on that, Jane. I don't know if, yeah. the, uh, you know, people, I'm sure they're aware, but they forget. They've forgotten about what it's about. Uh, they forget to be grateful, and um, you know it, it, it's just it's just disgusting to me um, what people are doing to this country after all the sacrifices that have been made. For those of you who are listening, if you go to RadioViceOnline dot com right now, which is where we're broadcasting live from, there is a post up that says, and this is really poignant in its simplicity, Ron who's the title of an article in USA Today about five or six years ago. It says, for some people, every day is Memorial Day. That's true, right, Ron? It's absolutely true, Jim, and I'd like to expand on that a little bit if I could. Sure. Uh, I originally, earlier uh, this year, uh, before I moved down south, I was asked if I might be available to do a speech on Memorial Day. And as it turns out, Connecticut is still in some kind of a semi-lockdown, so there's there's no Memorial Day uh, ceremonies in Hebron and in a lot of other places you know, where I used to live. Uh, oddly enough, down here in North Carolina, I have two two ceremonies to go to, a flag raising at 8 in the morning, and then uh, we have a, the, the Carolina Field of Honor is only about 15 minutes from my house, 
uh, and there will be traditional Memorial Day services there at 11 a.m. Um, I'm not sure why we can do it in North Carolina and you can't do it in Connecticut. But what I wanted to talk about and what I discussed with uh, some people both there and here is in our country right now, we have veterans and veterans' families and children and grandchildren who are dying, who are sick, who are or are afflicted with, with all kinds of heinous diseases because someone served in the armed force of the United States on a base where the water was contaminated. And now multiple generations of people are getting sick from this. Uh, here on Facebook, we have the Camp Lejeune Toxic Water Survivor Group and in Camp Lejeune, where I was stationed for almost two years, is one of the primary bases that, that had contaminated water. It went on from the mid-50s to the mid-80s. I hope they're doing something about it. Everybody who knows the United States Marines knows, knows Camp Lejeune. That's the main base for the Marines, isn't it? On the East Coast, it is the big base. Uh, are, are people doing things? Yes, people are trying. But what you get if you if you come down with one of these cancers um, or if, if you lose someone, as just happened this this past uh, past year, one of my good friends from the unit I served with over there um, died in his his wife of three different kinds of cancer. And his wife found out about the he, he was there on Camp Lejeune with us for pretty much the same amount of time I was. And, and basically all the help or anything that she could get was that she get put, she gets put on a register. That's and once again, we're dealing with a situation very similar to the Agent Orange situation that first arose back in the 70s and 80s and now is coming back up again, uh, where the government says, well, we'll take down your information. We'll, we'll, we'll look into this, but help assistance trying to any of that kind of thing no people are back into a fight to 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 get this recognized to get it into the national media the national discussion and i have a friend up in cleveland who was there in camp lejeune with us who who works specifically in this area and he told me that uh, not too long ago there's over a hundred bases in the united states a hundred military bases large and small that have had water contamination issues, that have made veterans sick, made their families sick if they lived there, have, have, have put things into their system that they've passed on to their children. I mean, this is serious stuff. We, we, this is Memorial Day, and we still have veterans dying as a result of their service, but it was at the hands of their own government, and it always brings back that, that phrase where we took the, took the oath, uh, you know, we'll, <laughs> We'll fight against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Well, we didn't expect at that time that domestic enemies would be in our own government. Yeah, our, our government seems to be a winner in a lot it's of funny. things. They will give millions of dollars to stupid, idiotic projects Wuhan. like shrimp on a treadmill. Yeah, what about Wuhan? Is that government or is it just Fauci? Well, that's right. Uh, they were giving millions of dollars to the Wuhan lab in China yeah. to help develop this doggone virus, as it turns out. Well, they're giving billions of dollars to overseas countries for the life of me. I don't know why. And then they complain they don't have enough money here. Well, right. I got an idea. Yeah, don't. Just shut, off, shut down the pipeline, guys. <laughs> shut it down. Exactly. But, uh, hey, hey, Jim, I got, I got a question for you going back on this, this toxic water issue. You know, uh, right. Senator Murphy and Blumenthal, every time I turned around up there, I would see them on television yakking about one thing or another, usually because they didn't like Trump. 
Well, he's gone now, but have either of them done anything in the U.S. Senate or has any member of, of the congressional delegation in Connecticut done anything uh, to, to help out the survivors of this toxic water, water issue? Have they done anything to, to further legislation, to further research, to, to get the Veterans Administration to, to Ron, actually help out? Have Ron, they done anything? Are you, yeah. are, are you losing your mind? They're, help, they're busy <laughs> helping the illegal aliens. They are not migrant. Oh. They are not migrant workers. They are not migrants. They are illegal aliens. Call it what it is. I forgot that they they do have a different set of priorities up there, exactly. don't they? Yeah, they do. That's one thing you have to remember: is that maybe even if if you want if you want to get some help from the government, maybe you should have all of these soldiers and marines and sailors and airmen leave the country and come back in illegally. Yeah, denounce your citizenship. Denounce your citizenship. Yeah, then come back in illegally. I mean, I'm I'm joking, as you know, but still, I know you are. But it would work. I mean, it have to be something drastic to get their attention, doesn't it? Yep. Where if all the soldiers voted as a block for Democrats, then maybe they would do something. Uh, well. well, the thing of it is, if all the soldiers, if all all the servicemen and women were to vote as a, as a block for Democrats, it would mean that they've all changed their position from believing in in. Uh, standing up for the United States government, standing up for freedom, standing up for democracy to go into a communist form of government. So I, I don't want to see that happen. Well, it's happening. Well, Jane got into that in her book. Yeah, well, um, Ron, are you planning on doing your book in audio? Because these days everybody listens to audio. Um, people ask me about my book, putting it on audio. What do you think? Uh, yeah, Victory Betrayed, the most recent one, um, that came out last year. I, I would very much like to put that in audio and I've had several requests. Um, it's selling extraordinarily well. Oh, that's great. And, and, um, and I'm very happy about that. Um, but yeah, there's, there is one issue left to do and that is to get it into audio. And I, I've been wanting to do that. Um, and unfortunately I had an offer from a guy up there before we left to, to be able to use, uh, his recording studio. Um, and I couldn't get in to do it before the before I ended up leaving. Um, when we put our house on the market, I was saying earlier, my my nephews over in Southington uh, are realtors, and they they advised me when I asked them about it back in in March. They said, "Ron, do it now, Uncle Ron, do it now." So <laughs> they went in the middle of the week and, and did all the preparations to get us on on the market. And as as of Saturday morning, we were just inundated with people who came to the house. In 24 hours, we had a, a firm offer. New Yorkers, uh, and and it was and it was cash, and it was above what we asked for. And the um, requirement on their part was that they they wanted the closing within three weeks. So my wife and I just went uh, as hard and fast as you can go. Uh, that was a house we we built 36 years ago, 37 years ago. We built it ourselves and lived there all those years. And getting out of there in three weeks was not the easiest thing we ever did. But, um, yeah, so I didn't have a chance to, 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 to do a few of the things. And I'm, I'm really just getting to know some people down here. Um, I've been contacted by the Marine Corps League organization, which is very active down here in, in, uh, in North Carolina. They want me to join. And, and um, there's other people helping out, you know, once they found out we'd moved here. There's a lot of good people here. Ron, I just want um, to take a moment to remember another friend of mine. and His sister might be listening right now. Felix Del Greco, the first Connecticut member of the National Guard to die in Iraq. 
he was he was killed when his his uh, patrol was ambushed on a on a street in Baghdad. It was a, but he he was killed defending his his the members of his company on on patrol. In other words, he put his life on the line in order to save the other members. It's hard to explain, but it was a Humvee uh, convoy, and they were cut off. And uh, I believe an IED went off and knocked over most of the Humvees on their side, so there was no way to shoot back, and there was no defense. And instead, what he did is he, as a sergeant on patrol, he um he went into the turret and took uh the machine gun, and he started firing so there was cover so his men could get away and get back to the uh, convoy behind him that was there to help them. As so often, soldiers lose their lives by giving their lives to their fellow soldiers or Marines. You know, and, and Jim, that goes right back to what I was saying at the beginning of this, that, you know, this is what we should be remembering on Memorial Day, that, that people out there did Quite often, maybe the majority of the time, selfless acts that cost them their lives so others could live. And and that's a prime example of what you're talking of now. I mean, city fighting, yeah, the Battle of Hue was a classic example of that in the Vietnam War. It's it's probably the most difficult fighting because just of the nature of being in a city, same as Baghdad. And, and when guys go to that length to... to to, to put themselves in, in, in harm's way so that others can get out of those situations and get to do the things that they're supposed to do. I mean, you, there, there's just no better, no, no, there's no words to express the appreciation we should have for those people. And Lisa, did, Lisa didn't get a chance to tell you, but that's how her son lost his life. They were going house to house. Nothing worse than be, she, there were a group of Marines going house to house to clear out the terrorists. That's the worst kind of fighting there is, right, Ron? Having to oh, go house absolutely. To house. And you know, Jim, I, after I got down here, there was a, a worker came to house to here, my house here in, uh, in North Carolina, to do some some uh, minor work, and uh, he had just gotten out of the service. and And he told me once again, you know, the subject I harped on so many times over the years when we talked on your show about the rules of engagement. I mean, these guys. <laughs> They can't shoot unless they're fired on. Quite often, they can't even put their magazine into the rifle and chamber around unless the other side has started shooting at them first. Now, I hope I'm not overstating that, but that's the way he explained it to me. He said it's the stupidest stuff because you feel like you're out there on a suicide mission because you have to wait until the other side gets a chance to shoot at you before you can take all the necessary measures you need to protect yourself and the other people you're out there with. This um, is crazy, Jim. It is crazy. This is crazy. I wanted to play this for you because I think it's poignant. PBS ran a special on Memorial Day back in 2000. I think it was 2011. I'm not sure which. <clears throat> might have been 2001. It was a long time ago. Anyway, the, in the memorial was was the Philharmonic Orchestra that played her patriotic songs. And the crowd was full of Gold Star moms and Gold Star dads. And this is Diane Wiest, the actress Diane Wiest, playing the part of Lisa Philippon just before the orchestra started to play. I wanted to play it for you. This is courtesy of PBS. I watched my child getting on the school bus, but I wasn't sending a little boy to school. 
I was sending a man to war. I didn't want him to leave with me crying. And God gave me the peace to tell him I loved him and that I would pray him safely home. Larry was stationed near the Syrian border, going house to house, looking for insurgents. He was team leader and he didn't want to risk anyone's life, so he made himself point man. When he kicked the door down on the next to the last house, he was machine gunned in the face. We still miss him everywhere. All it takes is a song, a picture, a newborn baby with a lot of hair on his head like Larry had. And you go right back to those memories and you feel the grief again. Larry would have been 28 this year. I can't take any more birthday pictures or make him a cake, but it doesn't stop that I want to celebrate his life. I'm blessed to know so many moms at Arlington where Larry is buried. Like my friend Gina told me, you don't move on from your child being killed. You go on. At first you go on only because you keep breathing, and then you go on because you want to honor their lives, and their courage, and their bravery, and tell their stories. I will stand tall and strong for my son. And so I am here tonight to honor Lance Corporal Lawrence Philippon and all the young men and women who have not returned from war. That's from, I'm sorry, 2011. I finally got the year right. Uh, why would you do that? Why do they do that, uh, uh, Ron? Can you tell me why would a soldier say, you know what, I'll be the point guy. I don't want any of you to get killed. Instead, I'll let myself get killed. Who, who does well, that? What kind of person has that kind of strength and fortitude? Well, a Marine does, obviously. Tell me about a person Jim, like that. Please, we believe please. in ourselves and we believe in our fellow Marines or soldiers because it doesn't really matter what service you're in. People do that because they believe in this country. They believe in what they're doing. They believe in, in the righteousness of what they're doing. They're taking the risk. Our training puts us in a position where we understand and accept the risk. We know the job has to be done. We're not asking somebody else to do it for us. Ron, he'd be alive today. He'd be alive today if he just let somebody else do it. Yep. But his and then he'd leader. spend the rest of his life, every time he looked in the mirror, he'd know that he, he let someone else go to their death because he wouldn't do the job he could have done. Still, it's just, it's, it's just, it still tears me apart today, even thinking about Felix. Yeah. It never gets any easier for us, Jim. You know, I have days throughout the year where I remember friends of mine, close friends of mine from my unit that were killed in Vietnam. I try not to make too big a thing of it. I don't want to bring everybody around me down, and I don't want to be down myself on particular days going through the year remembering what happened on that specific day. But I don't forget those people. Felix would be alive today, too, if he hadn't jumped in that turret. 
and provided yeah. cover. Yeah. I see a lot of times, Jim, um, and I just saw one today on Facebook in one of the one of the groups that I follow. Uh, they were writing about uh, a helicopter that that went down was shot down on a on a medevac mission, and one of the guys that was commenting on it was saying that he had been flying gunner all day that day, and he actually was supposed to go out that evening uh, on this 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 emergency medevac, but one of the other gunners that hadn't flown that day was on standby volunteered to take his place so he could do some work that actually he didn't even take it. He didn't even get a break. He just had to go do some work on one of the other aircraft and it went down and he said, only he'll never forget that. He'll never forget somebody else, you know, volunteered to go take it because he'd flown all day long already. I mean, these things don't go away. You know, there's a, there's a saying in the Vietnam community and I'm absolutely certain it goes through all the other wars we've fought since, but Somebody will say to you, when were you in Vietnam? And, and the answer is last night. <laughs> and and people mean that when they say it, because it doesn't go away. And that's part of what you agree to shoulder when you join the service, when you raise your hand, when you decide to go fight for your country, defend your country. You shoulder that burden. What's the Beatles say? Boy, you're going to carry that weight a long time. You're going to carry that weight forever. You're going to carry that weight to the dead last day, your last breath. But that's what you agree to take on when you go into service. And now I have a grandson who's joined the Navy and is going to be going away to the Great Lakes on the uh, first week in June. Wow. And it runs on you know, families, you just, doesn't you, it? Pardon me? I didn't hear that, Jane. I'm sorry. It runs in the families. It's it's like it's in in the genes. Well, it is in our genes. And our specifically on the Scottish side, we always we go all the way back to the Vikings that, that landed in northern Scotland a thousand years ago. But yeah, I think there's actually uh, there is a, a warrior gene out there. And you know, I think for some people it's we do it because we believe in it and it's the right thing to do. And you know what amazes me, have, Ron, is that you have a, you have somebody like Jane who tries to escape communism and comes to this country. She, she's not even a citizen yet. And one of the first things she, she does is go to her army recruiter and try to sign up. Now, they wouldn't mm. take her because her ankles were smashed and held together by screws, so they wouldn't take her. But why do people, why do, what people do that? They come to this country for freedom. They're not even citizens, yet they want to sign up for the military and defend this country. Because she completely understands the concept of freedom, and she has lived a big chunk of her life where she did not have it. And frankly, somebody <laughs> Jane ought to be going out about four times a week on speaking tours with her book to talk to people directly one-to-one. -one. This is what I endured as, as growing up in, in a communist country. This is where we are headed right now, headlong. And people don't think there's anything to worry about. I wish you would. My I, God. I hope somebody out there listening knows somebody who can get her on a speaker's tour. That's absolutely what, what it, it would be perfect for her. Jane is, is, is such a well-spoken, articulate, and intelligent person. Oh, you person. are too kind. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm buttering you up because you brought me on your show. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, as long as, I, as long as you're buttering it. Jane up, but we might as well tell us the name of your new book. Victory Betrayed. 
U.S. Marines in Operation Dewey Canyon. Uh, that's a great book. And you like it, don't you, Jane? I do. I just uh, have difficult time sitting down and reading. It's uh, like That's why I suggested the audio book, because I do my walks and listen to a lot of audio books. So if you can get it out there, that would be great. We're trying the to audio decide. book idea is a, a great idea, Jane. And, and you know, it absolutely is because people listen in a car. We're trying to decide people, if we should spend the money. People listen though. when they exercise. It's um, it, it's the best way to send a message. But you have days. a publisher will probably pay for yours, won't they? We don't. We'd have to pay for. No, I don't. No, no. This this I have to do on my own if I go that route. But yeah. it's worth uh, it. We have to. Do I raised that own, issue. So. Yeah, I raised that issue with Random House about uh, Masters of the Arts several years ago. And basically they said, if you can find a sponsor that would be willing to pay the, the production costs of going that way, sure, we'll do that. But, you know, other than that, no, we're not going to afford it ourselves. So, yeah, you know, you, if you want if you want to do it, yeah, we have to do it ourselves. We have to raise some money on our own. We have to pay for it ourselves. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, it is worth it, Ron? people suggested that uh, they would like the author to read the book because you, they could hear they could hear your emotions in your voice. And they can yeah, hear I've been accent. back and back and forth on that. Um, my publisher for Victory Betrayed and two of my other books um, was against that idea, but that's because she's down in Nashville and she has uh, contacts with a lot of actors and voiceover specialists, and she could get me a good deal on it. On the other hand, my wife tells me all the time that I should just go and do it myself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, there's a 50-50. And I think probably the best real deal would be uh, tape a couple chapters and then sit down, wait, wait a week or two, and then listen to yourself. If it sounds okay, then keep going. And if it doesn't, well, fire the bullet. Yep. Um, yeah, that's worth yeah. doing. I, I want to say one more time, the Diane Weiss clip that I played is courtesy of the public broadcasting system was part of their Memorial Day concert. And I want to thank them for the ability to use fair use law for that. Go ahead, Ron. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, no problem at all, Jim. I just really appreciate you guys having uh, given me the opportunity, given all of us the opportunity to speak out here on, on this Memorial Day weekend. Yes. Talk a little bit about, about why we should be appreciative of the the, the, the guys and the, the women and men and women that died for us. Yeah. The sacrifice they made all, all these picnics and parties and hamburgs and watermelons and good stuff that people are looking forward to, you know, they're not going to have, and there will be people who will be missing them horribly. Yep. And, and we, sh we, we should just remember to tamper it down. I, I'm not saying we shouldn't, you know, go out and have a good time on the weekend, but I'm just saying, make sure you understand why you're having that good time. Right. Well, we have a I parade. Wonder. We have a parade in Glastonbury, which um, yeah, and we're going in memory of of the fallen soldier, soldiers and all. And our you and military. I are going to a Memorial Day uh, ceremony. Right. That's on Sunday. They've been holding it for years. They actually have helicopters fly over. Um, they have the um, the squad. The squad. What do you call it? Squadron. Violent yeah. squadron. Yeah. Um, it's it's a really great ceremony. There's a lot of veterans that come over. Uh, mostly, there are veterans and on the families. They do a 21 gun salute. Oh, that's excellent. And uh, we have a flag raising as well, and sometimes a couple speeches. And it's really sweet because it's in somebody's small yard, and they put all this together. They're both veterans, husband and wife, mm. and uh, both served in Iraq and Kuwait as well. Right. So it's, that's so good to hear. That is so encouraging to hear. Then to there's know a that big picnic afterwards. 
then we have a big picnic, but not until after the ceremony. They always make yeah. sure the ceremony is first, then the picnic. And that's, in my mind, Jim, that's absolutely appropriate. That's exactly how it should be done and why it should be done. I you know, think you, so, you, too. You, you, you've, shown it, <laughs> you've shown it today here, you know, very clearly. Um, and it, and that's, that's the whole point of Memorial Day. Well, this is last minute, but I knew that the radio station wouldn't do anything. But if I were at the radio station, you know I would have. They might have. Yeah, they might have. I don't think they're that ignorant. Well, when you were there, Jim, I could always count on it, having a discussion with you or sometimes even being over there with you, either on Memorial or Veterans Day or sometimes both. It was always so good to listen to you, Ron. But you know, we only going back ten years ago. Um, we always we always had a, a, a parade out there in Hebron. We I remember speaking about it one time. How uh, on your show, Jim? How how we uh, we had more people turn out in Hebron for for veteran or for Memorial Day parades than they would get in downtown Hartford at times. I know. I you know, we that. had we had a good, a good community that was that was very supportive of the veterans there. I'm, I really don't understand this why this, this COVID thing is going on to the, to the point that you can't walk outside and stand six feet away from somebody else while you're watching the, the parade go by. I you guess, you know, have, they've you got st- their reasons. You but. still have people that are afraid. You have the squealers that are uncomfortable around people that don't have the mask on. It's snitches. just there's snitches. snitches all over the it's, place. It's stupid. It's people are really brainwashed and it's, it's terrifying. The, to ma- see the how mask quick- mandate is going down here. Uh, well, it's pretty much done over here too. I walk everywhere I can. If anybody, if nobody approaches me, I'm without the mask. But you will have some people that are just uncomfortable because. And Ron, are you, you on know, the coast? No, no, I'm in Greensboro. I'm oh, in, Greensboro. in Greensboro. I uh, I went to a meeting yesterday, a veterans meeting uh, for an issue uh, that I was being asked to be part of because of my background, some things that I I know how to do that uh, they needed help with. And, um, it was held in a, in a boardroom of a corporation and I, the corporation required you to wear a mask inside that corporation. So I I get to the door and they actually had a, a, a machine there that would take your temperature. And so my temperature was fine. They let me in. I had to wear my mask down to the boardroom <laughs> and walk in the boardroom and nobody's wearing a mask. You know what, Ron, do you see on the border, do you see anybody having temperature taken or wearing a mask? No, but they let them in. They let them in. They fly them in, 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 in night in, in a, into yeah. a separate states, you know, to spread the, the good around. Just there is so much hypocrisy and idiocy about this that it just, I mean, I understand people who want to be, do the right thing, not get people sick. We're still talking about a virus that has a 99.8% survivability rate in this country. And I understand that people have died from it, including my own mother-in-law. So it's not as though this hasn't affected my family. It has. Well, let's pause a moment to remember your fellow soldiers and Marines that served in Vietnam and all those who died in Vietnam right now. We'll pause for just a second. Thank you.
And I personally would like to remember my friends Lawrence Philippon, Lance Corporal Lawrence Philippon, and Sergeant Felix Del Greco of Simsbury, Connecticut. God rest their souls. Thank them so much for the sacrifice they made. May God rest their souls and cradle them and hold them in his arms. I'm so sorry we had to have a memorial day. I can't take this every year. It's been the same way every year. This is the only time I ever cry on the air. It's wrong. I'm supposed to retain my composure, but I have a hard time. I just can't. Anybody who knows a soldier or a Marine or a sailor or an airman who might have died in a war or an overseas conflict should be affected the same way. And, Ron, I find it hard to believe that there are people out there who really don't know anyone in the armed forces. But there are people who don't know people in the armed forces. Unlike you and me. Well, it's not easy or it's not hard to find one of us. If you'd like to just walk up and shake a hand, you know, tell somebody if you see you over this weekend, appreciate what you did. Well, thank you all for joining us, Ron. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Ron, thank you, and thank well, you for what you've done for us. And one more time, the name of your book so people can get it. It's Victory Betrayed. Victory Betrayed. They can get it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. They can go to ronaldwinterbooks.com, my website. Been up for years and years. Is it print-on-demand or is it offset printed? Print-on-demand. Print-on-demand. So people know that they can get a copy. Yes, they can. And I'm sorry for crying, Ron. I'm sorry. I'm a big baby. I didn't serve. Nothing wrong with showing the emotion you feel, Jim. I guess. Don't have to apologize for anything. I guess. Um, Well, Ron, thank you again. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Jim. Take care. Take care. You too, Ron. Bye. Semper Fi. Semper Fi. Semper Fi, Ron. Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. Gonna stand my ground Won't be turned around And I'll keep this world from dragging me down Gonna stand my ground And I won't back down Hey, baby There ain't no easy way out Hey, I will stand my ground, and I won't back down.